Welcome to Nerdables episode 459. This episode, we are joined by Car D'Angelo of Earth 2 Comics. We do a nice interview with him, and we discuss James Gunn's announcement of the new DCU and the 10 projects that are going to be interlaced in their chapter one called Gods and Monsters. We also give you an update on Chris's condition and about his new GoFundMe page. And we also talk to Carr about Earth 2 Comics special event coming up on February 11th, which is going to be a signing and a fundraiser for Chris. We're going to have Minor Treats author Pat Oswald and Jordan Bloom, along with artist Tess Fowler there, signing Minor Treats number four. There's also going to be a couple fundraising raffles, and it's going to be a big special event where there might be some more celebrities slash artists. And who knows going to be there? Who knows who else is going to be there? We know that Nerdables will be there. Maybe Puck Podcast will show up as well. We're going to call this one Nerdables episode 459, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, The Cardi Angelo. Welcome to Nerdables. I'm Ari. Joining me are Mikey and Ethan. We have a special guest joining us tonight. We have Car D'Angelo from Earth 2 Comics. When it Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's It's Superman. Wow, that was loud. Louder, a lot louder than I expected. I don't know. Car, can you hear the uh, the the uh, the buttons that we hit and everything? Yeah, I heard the yeah, I heard the look up in the sky. Superman, yeah. Good, good. Just want to make sure. So, you are the man, the myth, the legend, because we always talk about you on the show. (laughs) Not bad, never bad. Uh, we, you know, with now crazy... you got to catch up on all the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, Earth no. Two Comics has played a big part in uh, mine, Chris's, and Mike's friendship as far as how we got together, and you know, we started hanging out, going to the shop every Wednesday before you know we really started doing anything else. Yeah, before this, before Chris even getting a job there. Yeah. So it, it's a pleasure to have you on the show finally. After all, uh, what well, ten years of doing it's this, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Um, so tell us a little bit about Earth Two, real quick, if you don't mind. Oh my gosh! Well, we're celebrating twenty years this year. We opened in uh, wow. in two thousand three in March, so um, you know we'll uh, be doing something for that anniversary as well. Nice. Um, but you know, yeah, I. I I, that was my wife's idea. You know, I was in the movie business, but, you know, there's a lot of um, lag time between productions and deals and things. So she said, you know, she saw I was really interested in, like, the, the you know, what was happening in terms of trade paperbacks and how the market was kind of changing in the early 2000s. And she said, you should probably just have your own shop. Um, and uh, she's, <laughs> she's never forgiven herself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it, you know, and then, you know, uh, later here we are, but it was, you know, but the idea was of just trying to, I was not a hundred, there were great shops in LA at that time. I was not a hundred percent happy, um, with the shops mostly because I didn't see them making that transition into the, into the book product quick enough. And because of what my lifestyle was, I was less interested in, in serial comics and more interested in like picking up, you know. Infinity Gauntlet or Watchmen mm-hmm. or, you know, something that I could sit and read a big chunk like you do with a movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, 
you know, but the, the funny thing is, is years later, we're sort of back at the point where, you know, I mean, back issues and things like that are such still a big part of the, the, the business that, you know, books are a strong part of it, but it's, um, you know, that, that didn't, didn't fully happen. But yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's clearly a dream. I always wanted a kid. I always wanted to be in the comics business and this was sort of my, my way into it. And I've gotten to meet, you know, so many great, um, you know, people and, uh, because of it. So it's just been, it's been a lot of fun. What was it? 2009, you guys won the, uh, Comic-Con Eisner award for best, uh, retail. 2007. Yeah. Seven, seven. Yeah. The funny story. About yeah. That's, one of the first times my wife ever came into the store, she was looking for something for me, and she had just been to Comic-Con for the very first time and knowing what Eisner Awards were. And I think she said you were at the counter car, and she was like, oh, look, I see you guys won an Eisner Award. And it was like two years later or something. She's like, congratulations, all this stuff. And, and I think you looked at her and went, yeah, that was a few years ago. And she just kind of looked at her like, oh, uh, I, I don't know what to say now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope it wasn't me because that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it was the partner I fired, but, um, but we'll, on a we'll bad day, that. it could we'll have been sh- me. You know, it might have been at that time because it was around that same time. At that time, time it was likely. And, you know, and, and in a cursory description, we were both, you know, dark-haired, you know, people, you know, we were both dark-haired guys in glasses, so, you know, people got us confused a lot. But she's been in there many times since, and she's, you know, had wonderful yes, experiences, and she loves you guys just as much. I think her favorite time was there was the uh, comic, uh, uh, the uh, con man signing with uh, Nathan Fillion and uh, and uh, Alan Tunick. Oh, then she's got to talk to Susan because that is like Susan's favorite day as well. Susan tells the Alan Tunick story all the time. He was such a sweetheart and uh, you know very very lovely and um, and they they had a special moment that made me very jealous. Uh, <laughs> well, I know, know they, they were and great. That, they were great because my daughter was, you know, she was a lot younger then. And, you know, both uh, Alan and Nathan talked to her forever. And I was like, I think at one point, we, were, you know, Chris or somebody was like, come on, you guys got to move the line quicker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's, uh, it, 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 they, they were. They, that whole team was, 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 was very sweet. And, um, you know, and, uh, and obviously, you know, Alan and Nathan have that friendship that also made a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of chemistry. They brought a lot of chemistry to to it as well. Now, you know, you're sitting in for for Chris this time. Thank you. Um, Chris has been a major part of your shop for quite a while, and yep. because of the situations he, he's in now, you at the shop are doing a special event for him coming up. Would you mind telling everybody about that? Yes, absolutely. On um, on February 11th, Saturday. Uh, it's going to be from four, to, uh, two to four, or no, four to six. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh! So it's going to be Saturday, February 11th, four to six, and it could go later if there's a lot of people there. Um, I mean, we're not going to throw anybody out if it's if, if people are still coming in. I hope not. Anyway, and um, and what happened is we're doing a, a signing. We're doing another signing that day. We're doing a signing in the afternoon with Greg Weissman of Gargoyles, um, which we had scheduled. Um, and then, um, and that's going to be fun. But then what, what happened is Tess Fowler, who's, uh, also been a friend of the store for a really long time. She actually about 15 years ago, um, uh, worked for us for a short time and she's become an artist, uh, and, you know, cartoonist and writer, artist, graphic novelist in her own right. 
And uh, she did a cover for Minor Threats 4, which is written by Patton Oswalt and Jordan Bloom. And, and, uh, and she's also, again, from when Chris was running Northridge, I mean, she's a good friend of Chris's, loved her and her husband, who's often named as Chris, so this is going to get really confusing. Um, but they're, they're big fans of, 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 of Chris and, and close friends of Chris, and they've been visiting him and, and seeing him. And one day, um, she didn't get back to uh, – you know, she was just talking with Jordan and Pat because they were trying to reach her about something. And you know, she said, oh, sorry, I didn't get to call you back right away. I was with, um, I was, I was with my, you know, we were spending the day with, with my friend who's, you know, in a recovery center and, um, and they were like, what's going on? What's going on? And when they heard the story of Chris and heard, you know, Tess's words of like how, um, you know, how beloved, you know, Chris is in our community and, you know, what, what he really does, you know, as, as, you know, as, as Kohler himself says, you know, he's always bringing the comics to the people and, um, you know, it's, she, her emotion now I'm getting a little emotional too telling the story, but her emotion touched them and they said, we got to do something. What can we do? So, um, you know, Patton and Jordan said, we'll, we'll do a signing. Tell us when, uh, we'll do an event. You know, we'll have, you know, Tess is obviously going to be there. So it's going to be the three of them. There may be some other special unexpected guests because they're been talking to some of their friends, but I don't want to promise anything until we, we, we know, but it's, but they said, let's do a fundraiser. So it's a signing for that book. Um, but really we're going to be trying to do all sorts of, you know, um, you know, there's some, I got some, like, I, I have too many like Boba Fett figures in my store. Like I've got a Boba Fett bus, the Boba Fett full figure. Like we might be raffling off one of those. I'm thinking cause it's star Wars and it's a Mandalorian and it's like, so Chris, um, it's very so we'll sell tickets. Yeah. We'll sell tickets for that for, you know, for fundraising. But the idea is, you know, as word's gotten out about, you know, about this, people have really said, what can I do? What can I do? So obviously you guys have a go, uh, you know, fund me and there's other, uh, and, and, and there's, you know, we'll point people toward that. There's this day, um, to come. And, you know, so we're just going to have all sorts of things. I'm, you know, I, I hate to, I, I say the word junk sometimes. I don't mean it's junk. I call it, when I say, when I say junk, I just mean the stuff that's accumulated, you know, and a couple of you guys have been in our, our, our store. <laughs> so I think, you uh-huh. know, the, um, and it's like, they're great things that just never have a, you know, they kind of like, they're the last one of their kind or they're not, they don't really have a place or, so I'm just also going to bring a bunch of stuff. that's like, if you make a donation, you can get something, you know, from the table, whatever oh, it nice. is, you know? Um, so we're just going to try and do all sorts of things just to get people to, um, you know, in the, in, in the, in the spirit of it, um, you know, and, you know, you know, we'll put out some, you know, dollar comics and things and just say, these are all, you know, every, you know, all of this goes to, uh, you know, you know, for, for we'll go to the donation fund for for Chris. That's very cool. Uh, by the way, I will give everybody an update. Chris is doing very well for being, you know, having a stroke a month and a half ago. Um, on Monday, they removed the calendar. He actually stood up for a little bit, and they're getting his balance back. He's eating three meals a day again. Um, you know, he the doctors are saying that he's probably progressing six months ahead of schedule, which is. Wonderful. You know, unfortunately, Chris doesn't think that he's, you know, he's progressing fast enough. But we all know how Chris is. And, you know, Chris is never never satisfied with anything like that. He's a little impatient. Well, that's, what, that's what's going to power him through this, though. That's what I told he's him. Gonna, he's going to have to do more. Mm-hmm. I, Tomorrow i got to do a dance. I said that exact <laughs> same thing to him when I was talking to him on the phone today. That, you know, look, 
that, that your tenacity is what's going to get you through this and healing quicker. So, but yeah, I, I actually, Tess and Chris were at the, uh, at the recovery center one time when I was there and got to meet them, talk to them. And I felt like I already knew them, you know, through Chris yeah. and through her too. And it was wonderful that they were being able to show up during the week and, you know, kind of pass along well wishes that they're getting on social media. <clears throat> we're passing along all those well wishes that we're getting at Nerdables on our social media. Um, Clark, there's, would you want to give out your, um, your social accounts so that way or that people can send well, well wishes sure. to Chris? Yeah, it's um yeah, I mean it will in um it's an email you can send an email to earth two staff at gmail and that's earth, the word earth, the number two, the word staff at gmail dot com. On Instagram we're earth underscore two underscore comics and at Facebook we're uh you know, Facebook dot com earth two comics is one word. The two is always a number, so it's always earth number two comics. And the address of the store in Sherman Oaks is on Ventura Boulevard, 15017 Ventura Boulevard. If you were in that area or want to come to that area for the uh, event on the 11th. Or just any other time, too, to stop by. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I mean, we're there. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, you can you know send your well wishes to nerdables.com. Or, excuse me, we're not at that com anymore. I keep forgetting that. Um, at facebook.com slash nerdables or on Twitter at nerdables show and on Instagram as nerdables. And uh, you can also go to the Puck Podcast, their, their social medias, which are at Puck Podcast, or go to puckpodcast.com. All of us as a community are coming together to help support Chris, and hopefully we can get the word out there and have more uh, you know, of the people within the pop culture world and sports, you know, the hockey especially, communities come together and help him out. And, and can I just say, you know, I mean, you know, um, I mean in terms of, you know, my own, um, you know, perspective on Chris and, and, and what he means, uh, you know, sort of, you know, to me and, and, the, and the story is, you know, he's a guy, yeah, I met him when you guys were coming in. And, and what I loved about, you know, Chris and, and Mikey and you, Rich, is that, you know, the first, uh, you know, first one's at the door. You know, it's like you have pull lists, but you're there every week to pick them up right away. It's like, and that, and that was great. I mean, you know, but, but it was also great because it was just guys who were enthusiastic and, and, and all of that. And I think a couple of times um, we had reached out, I think in the old days, I think there were like maybe one or two things uh, Chris or Mike had helped with. But when, um, when mm-hmm. I did have what I call my troubles, um, you know, we had to turn on a, a dime really quick. And I was left with a storage unit um, of, of great stuff that was a mess. And I think Mike knows mm-hmm. that Mike was there. Mm-hmm. And so I t- you know, talked to Chris because we were always, you know, you know, we, you know, again, because he was someone who's around, you know, very regularly, you know, over the weeks and, and months, we had, we had chatted a lot. And so it just came up. And, and I think Chris, like, threw down the gauntlet of, like, oh, Mike, Mike and I could, could, could organize that for you, you know, in, like, a couple months. Yeah. And I said, no. Like, we got to go and look at it. And then we went and looked at it. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, we can do this. This is not a problem. I'm like, oh, it's a lot. It's it going to take more. Yeah, it was a lot. It took a while. It was a lot. Oh, my God, though. They, you know, it's like, and it wasn't, it wasn't just like all the boxes, all, everything was neat. I mean, the first thing that had to be done was really like create a, a work center there because mm-hmm. it was just crap in the middle. It was, it was, it was terrible. Anyway, but, but that's how, but I said, okay, I trust you. I don't know why. I like you guys. I trust you guys. <laughs> I'm going to, here's the keys. 
Let's see how it goes. You know, and you I never I saw his comics probably, again. <laughs> but no, no, I mean, no, it, it, it was amazing. I mean, I don't know how often, like, if, you know, in the first week, I probably thought, oh, I'm going to show up every day to see what's going on. I probably waited, you know, but whenever I showed up, it was like, okay, there's a, it, it was a factory. It's like there's tables laid out, the middle's clean, all these boxes. These guys are just like alphabetizing X-Men, Amazing Adventures, Spider-Man, this, that, everything, you know, oh. and, and it you know, took a few months, but we had everything organized. And then we had this opportunity where we moved into this really, this, this house that was literally right next to the, behind a restaurant, right mm-hmm. next to the, um, to, to the store. And then we were able to really create like a library, all the stuff that uh, Chris and Mike put together, we were able to organize it. And it literally was a, 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 a library file room and I'd be at the store and people could go, Hey, do you happen to have, and I go, I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And I could walk over to a box that I knew this is where all the green lantern was, or this is where all the infinite crisis was or whatever. And I could, I could find the thing that they asked for. Um, and it, and it was, and it really, you know, it was, again, it was a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that led to eventually after, after I fired them mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for, for a few months, then we had um, you know a situation where we, we lost one of you know uh, one of the employees, one of the managers took time off, and I again I went I was in a I was in a tough spot. I was at a lot. I was overwhelmed. I didn't know what to do, and then it was like, guys, I, I know you're mad at me because I let because I, 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 I put you on hiatus right before Comic Con. Oh, Chris never lets me forget. <laughs> <laughs> Um, actually what he, what he said to me last time I saw him when he was, when he was, was, was in bed, he said the best part, because he goes, well, the best part about not working is you can't fire me. And I said, okay, there you go. (laughs) But I mean, I'm never going to fire the guy. Um, the, the, but, but, you know, but that just, that was, then I need, then I, I brought, uh, Chris and Mike back and that led to, you know, um, you know, they were sort of doing the, 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 the breakdowns of all the, you know, getting, getting the comics to the people, all the breakdowns of all the new orders every week and all the new comics. And then that led to Chris basically becoming, you know, manager of, of, uh, of Northridge for mm-hmm. what, six, seven years, I guess. Yeah, before like that, we, yeah. we, we closed it last year and, you know, and I, and I, and I love the guy and I always say to him, you know, there's stuff I can't, I, you get stuff done that I wouldn't be able to get done without you. Um, and you know, it's, 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 it, you know, I, uh, I, I, you know, he, he puts his heart into it and he really, um, you know, I mean, it's such an essential part of our earth two family that this was, yeah, a real blow and we just want to, you know, uh, whatever we can, whatever we can do to help obviously. I appreciate it. Well, yeah. And you've been very, very helpful through this whole thing. And, um, I know that Chris very much appreciates it, and uh, I know his brother does too. Uh, I'm good. But yeah, I wanted to thank you very much on their behalf for that. Okay, so when we have somebody on, and which is very rare at this point, <laughs> um, we like to do our five questions of doom. So okay, we're gonna. I wanted to do off your because a lot of times it happens to be Star Wars related, but we're gonna do it off of the superhero industry or franchises genre there we go that's the word i'm looking for is genre um so the first question is car who is your favorite superhero 
Flash. Flash, really? Barry Allen Flash, yeah. How come? Um, he just likes them. That's one of your other questions, cause, uh, I think, because of the powers. But, but it's, you know, cause it's super speed, but he was the first superhero that I met in a comic book, meaning I started reading Superman and Batman comics, and they were all characters I knew from TV and cartoons. But the Flash was the first comic I picked up where I didn't know who this guy was, and and since basically Flash is also the one with the cosmic treadmill who can go to any you know right. dimension he wants to go to, he's the one I always say Flash is the one who took me you know took me on a tour of the the comic book multiverse. Nice. Okay, so number two, if you could live in one franchise universe, which one would it be, and why? Um, I'm going to go with the DC universe. Uh, Partially because, you know, I, again, I began more as a DC fan. But I'll also go with um, how Kirk Music differentiated the Marvel and DC universe in his classic with George Perez, JLA versus Avengers. Uh, DC Universe is just a nicer place. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's based off of cities that we know, but it's not like New York or anything that's like real in the Marvel universe. It wasn't until, like, what, the New well, 52 still, but, that they started adding real cities, was it? Well, no, that's not true. New York, there's always been New York. Wonder Woman was in New York for years. She worked for the United Nations. Well, no, I know, but I'm in terms of, like, their main, main cities, like, you have, uh, well, Metropolis, Gotham, Gotham right. and Star and all those. I mean, they're they're mimicked of other cities. Yes, those cities, the real cities do exist still in those universes, but you don't really see it as much or no that's no that that, that no I, don't, I i know what you're saying yeah no but to me but that's what makes it a nicer place because the heroes you know the heroes are revered and you know there's a scene in your know, daily avengers where when they go to the marvel universe you know it's like people chasing after mutants and uh you know mm. captain america or you know spider-man is considered a menace and you know oh, they're okay. going, why do you. these guys hate all the superheroes uh. you know we're and then, and then, you know, and, and then you go to Metropolis and there's a Superman Day parade every day. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. I gotcha. They can destroy the city and no one cares. <laughs> you know, not everyone forgives them. Whereas, they, you know, because they're yeah. doing their job. Whereas in the Marvel Universe, you know, people are like, what the hell, man? New York gets destroyed yeah. every week. That makes sense. I just paid off of course, the car. the movies are complete opposite. The right. movies have twisted yeah. entirely. <laughs> I would not want to live in a DC movie, an old DC movie, I'll say, yeah. you know, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I wouldn't want to live. I do not want to live in the man of this Snyderverse. That's mm. right. Or work in one of the high rises there. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. All right. So number three, if you could pick your superpowers, what three attributes would you have, and why? Okay. Super speed, super strength, and um, you know, I don't know, heat vision, just because that might be cool. Mm. That'd be an interesting, co- uh, yeah. co- you know, combo. But, so Superman. But speed and strength, man. I mean, again, I wouldn't need I wouldn't need Mike and Chris you know, to clean up a warehouse. I could <laughs> do it on myself. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so number four. What accessory or pet would you have? And or accessory. Well, the super pet would be Streaky, the super cat, because uh, he's a ginger, and I love cats, and I really uh, – I, I didn't even know – I didn't even know about um, – how special ginger cats were and now like I've had three of them and I just, uh, and I have two of them right now and I, I, I just can't get there. They're, they're mm-hmm. just such a, I've had, wait, four of them. 
Wow. Oh my God. I'm on my, I'm my, yeah. I mean, they're just, they're so loving and friendly. So I'm hoping Streaky the Super Cat has some of that. Um, in him or her, I don't even know is, is what, what gender, mm-hmm. uh, Streaky is. I'm not sure. I don't think they've. An accessory. I mean, I mean, you want a power ring, don't you? <laughs> yeah. 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 Power rings are pretty good. I think even the flashes or his suits inside it. Yeah. So. Okay. I mean, that would be fun. I mean, but it's like, but again, that, that only works if you've got the super speed. You know, right. Otherwise, you know, otherwise you get the suit and then you're standing <laughs> on the street trying to keep it your, your, your super speed. Hold on one second. <laughs> Let me put on my suit. Uh, <laughs> Let me go into the telephone booth. Oh, wait, Superman's in there. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I think we already know the answer to this next one. So if you could team up with any fiction, well, actually this is any fictional character throughout any genre. If you could team up with oh, one any fictional, oof. yeah, any fictional character. If you could team up with one fictional character, who would it be, and what would you do? Um, Don Draper, and I'd be writing copy for him. Nice, that's a good <laughs> one. Maybe. That's that's. And a he group. then just belittles you and <laughs> says, "Go back and do it again." <laughs> oh man! And then I just slam back a you know vodka towel. <laughs> so so you're just gonna be Pete. <laughs> No, no, no. So Pete was Pete was an accountant. Was a was account. I'd be a copywriter. Oh, yeah. I'd be I'd be Peggy if for what? Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we do have some other questions for you. Mike's got five, and Ethan's got five that we can run through. And yeah, let's do it. All right. My first question was, what was your first comic book that you received and first that you bought with your own money? Honestly, I think they're probably the same because okay. I kind I don't know that anybody, if someone gave me a book, it would have been like a, like a peanuts paperback or something like that. Right. Um, or they were around the house because, because my fan, I had older brothers and we, and, and my family had stuff like that. Okay. But my, the first comic that I remember buying for myself mm. would have been like a Dennis the Menace comic. I had a Dennis the Menace collection um, before I got into superheroes. Um, uh, and it was, um, and, and it was because of newspaper comics. I was just about I mean, to say I it was based Nuts. off of the the Sunday comics or whatever, or the dailies. Right. I read the Sunday comics every week. Big Dondi fan. You never hear about Dondi anymore. Dondi? Gandhi, who was a war orphan. I mean, I think uh, it kind I of, I think it wow. kind of timed out. I think they sort of ran out of stories yeah. to tell about <laughs> war orphan in the seventies. Mm. Um, okay. You know, uh, but but Don, yeah, it was uh, they made a movie of it in like the forties or fifties. Wow. Mm. Um, but the New New York Daily News had a great comic section. But you know, you had Dennis and Menace, you had Peanuts, and so I started getting like this paperback book. Yeah. And then that, and then when I was on a newsstand and I saw Dennis and Menace comic, I'm like, here you go. And that was my collection. Nice. And I even went into like third, my third grade class or second grade class you know, mm-hmm. on show and tell day. And I showed off my comic book collection <laughs> and boy, was that a mistake? Um, <laughs> Cause you know how the kids cheer you on when you have a comic book collection. Especially back, um, then. back then, especially yeah. Yeah. back then. Yeah. It was a long time ago. And, uh, but heroes and I tell the story a lot, but I'll make it quick. Um, I was at the newsstand with my good friend, Tommy Christopher. We had just seen a movie mm. and he said, Oh, con- let's get comics. And I went for a Dennis the Menace or an Archie, which I think I probably started reading then too. I was reading the humor stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he goes, aren't you going to get a superhero comic? 
and he picks up like a Marvel's greatest comic. Mm-hmm. And I, I researched it because I could know from the date from what my comic was, what his comic was. And it was, was the Marvel greatest comics that reprinted one of the chapters of the Galactus saga from uh-huh. you know, Stanley and Jack Kirby. Yeah. So he had like one of the best comics ever made mm-hmm. in his hand right at that moment. Right. And he flips through it, but it scared me. There's like the shot of Galactus, all Kirby docs. Yeah. standing over the, you know, like floating over the city, like draining all the energy. Huh. And I was like, um, yeah, okay, I'll be a big boy and get a superhero comic. <laughs> and then I grabbed a super boy because it was like, the, it looked like the safest comic right. ever. But, and the, the super boy story is a terrible story about some, some villains who are in, who run a camp and they're taking the kids at night and they're making the kids go through some tunnels to look for lost gold it was terrible oh, you know yeah. um and then it, and then it, it's called the pied piper of smallville or something and he actually like superboy has to lead the kids into a river to drown them but really to wake them up from the, the train or whatever <laughs> and i'm like okay well i'm not reading superhero comics until i turn the page and there's legion of superheroes drawn by dave cockrum mm. and you know, 25 characters that I've never seen before. I guess right. arguably those would be the first superheroes, um, but because, but not, in, but they didn't have their own comics. So, right. um, uh, but, but, you know, it was so, it was just overwhelming. Like, and it, was, and it was just like, oh my God, that, that, that bit the bug. I don't know that the Superboy story would have, but the, but the Legion of Superheroes made me go back and start buying Batman, Superman, Justice League, and, you know, cool. and the, you know, Flash was one of the first ones in there. Nice. Mm. All right. Number two, if you weren't in the comic book industry or having been in the film industry, what would you want to do for a living? Um, man, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, you know, um, I mean, I used to be a magazine editor. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there was a long-term I, I like doing that, but, um, you know, I kind of was, I, I kind of think IT lawyer. Like, if I could snap my fingers, oh. that's what I'd, I'd want to be. Especially in, in, because I feel, because that's what I always wanted. When I wanted to, when I was thinking about going to law school, that's okay. what I wanted to focus on was copyrights and trademarks. And nice. I thought, and, and, and when I think about it now, I go, man, that was, that was good foreshadowing because I think that's a pretty, that's got to be a pretty oh, yeah. um, smart aspect of the industry now. Yeah. I definitely see that. Well, especially, well, uh, I was almost thinking that you were going to go towards, sort of the copy Don Draper aspect also because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I mean, well, that's how I got started into magazines. I was a, I was a copy writer. Right. I was like, for, I was writing press releases and I was, um, and I was proofreading and, and that led to a magazine job because that's like all proofreading. Yeah. And then that also led to my first show business job because I actually, I thought, um, I, I applied for a job at Universal Studios, like through their human resources department, mm-hmm. and I wrote that I wanted to be a proofreader in the script department because I thought that before they did any TV show or movie mm-hmm. or, or any kind of script, they must have somebody proofreading all the scripts. Right? No, they don't. <laughs> but <laughs> but, yep. but but because I put like script department. Mm-hmm. They have a department called the story department, which is basically the script library and the person who runs that department. Mm. They called me in for a job when they had an opening because I was the only person who ever asked to work in that department. Specific, yeah. And it wasn't even it wasn't even the department I knew it, but it was it was a great department. I love I mean that's you know, that's also where the script readers were mm. and that was also a copywriting job. I became that and you know, and other things. But but yeah, I, I've always liked 
I've always, I'm, I've never really been a great fiction writer, but I can always, like, I can always write on deadline, which is a lot of what no copywriting and that kind of stuff okay. is. I'm always creative in, in the last 30 seconds, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, number three, what would you rather be a comic book writer or comic book artist? And who would be your partner living or dead? Um, writer. I always wanted to be a writer. I mean, actually when I was a kid, I used to want, you know, my hope was I was going to go to DC and be an editor, you know, because, uh, you know, uh, again, that seemed to be the more kind of job I thought I could get. Yeah. Um, uh, but probably, you know, artist wise, how can you say no to George Perez? Ah, mm. nice. He there could do go. anything. Anything well, I could think of, he could draw. So. I was about to say, so you just like create these scenarios where you just need tons of characters and you'll be able to draw them with great detail and you can distinguish everybody by just looking at a panel. Absolutely. I mean, that's the fun of it. You know, all those great, yeah, you know, uh, all those great team-ups and everything. Yeah. Um, if you were to publish your memoir... What would its title be, and would it be prose or graphic novel? Hmm. I think it would be prose, hmm. and it would be called No One's Keeping Good News From You. Hmm. And that's something uh, we decided, my wife and I decided several years ago, because it's something I said to a friend of mine who had a, a script with a producer, hmm. and, you know, and, and she had gotten, initially gotten like a positive response, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to see if we can make a deal on it. And like weeks and then months went by and yeah. I was on the phone with her one day and she said, I just got to ask you, like, you know, you've been on that side of the desk. What does that mean? If they, if, you know, it means that they're still trying to make the deal happen and they still want, you know, they still want it because they haven't said no. Right. And I, I, and I said, Allison, I'm sorry to tell you, no one's keeping good news from me because, <laughs> because really if you, I mean, if you haven't heard you're going to get a no. If they're still interested, you're probably going to get some level of encouragement, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't pan out. Right. But no one's, no one's not telling you they still love it. No one's, no one's not telling you, oh, it went to the next person and they love it, but now it has to go to a third person. Yeah. I mean, any good news you're going to hear right away. Right. You know, so in that sense, no news is bad news. So I always thought that would be a good title for a, a memoir. No one's keeping good news from you. Well, that's cool. That's a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't hear anything like that usually, so... <laughs> Um, and last one from me, if you and Susan could retire right now, what time and place would you live out the rest of your lives? Um, and you really mean like, like time, like any time, time, yeah, any time for any, any, uh, decade, any century, any, period. any place, time. yeah, any period, yeah, that time traveling pad from Avengers and, and, uh, and Endgame and you're Captain America. Well, that was at Hawaii, but so you know, uh, so I would say Hawaii, but it's like I don't know what the best like time to be there would would uh, would be. But we, you know, we used to visit a lot <laughs> in the eighties, so maybe we'd go back to the eighties. All right, when all 80s. our favorite restaurants and things are still there, it's where we uh, in the place we used to visit. Okay, nice. That'd be good. <laughs> December sixth, nineteen forty-one. Maybe a few years after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't want to go back. Don't want to go back too far. Nineteen forty-four. <laughs> Ethan, your questions for Carr. Okay, so I think my first question we've kind of touched up on a little bit, but uh, my first question would be: What is your favorite comic book or series? Watchmen. Watchmen. Yeah, I mean, you know, Alan Moore kind of changed things 
you know, for me, I mean, I, I was, I was in my last year of college and had picked up, and I don't even know if I was reading, I probably was buying, I was buying everything, but I don't know how much I was paying attention to Swamp Thing, <laughs> but then I picked up Swamp Thing 21, and it's one of those few moments in time that I can remember, it was like a holiday break or something, and I was sitting in my dorm room, it was all very quiet, and I just sitting on the floor, read this comic, and I, I, I feel like I literally, I couldn't fall off my chair because I was on the floor, but I feel like <laughs> I literally fell over because mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, I have never read a comic book like this. And then I just, you know, waited for that every month. And then Watchmen, because I think by the time Watchmen came out, I was working for Magazine, working for Starlog, and we covered comics and stuff. So I was just like, Watchmen, Watchmen, I can't wait for this <laughs> thing. When's it coming out? When's it coming out? And like, it was, I was, I was obsessed from the beginning, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. just still like, I think, the most brilliant thing in comics I've read. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Cool. All right. So number two would be, uh, if money was no option, what type of comic book shop would you like to run? Well, I could say I'm running that one. But, <laughs> um, no, no, but ideally, I'd like something with more space, mm-hmm. um, something with more parking. Um, yeah. And, you know, but... but it, it would kind of almost be like, it would be like the Amazon of comic shops in the sense that that's the idea that you could have all the inventory, you know, maybe we could borrow Mike's time machine, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's more of a TARDIS and it controls time and space. Right. Yeah. So you could have a shop where like I could have like the whole back issue room. I mean, the problem we have with such a small space, so that would be the kind of thing um, I would like um, to be able to have event, you know, clear event space and, as many books as we can hold. And it wasn't always about shuffling stuff, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, you know, you know, back and forth, but in Los Angeles, you just, you know, you, you, know, you can't afford the, the space because it, it doesn't, you know, um, it's just impossible to have a nice central location and have yeah. that much space. All right. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Especially in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, okay. So number three, we'd say, uh, what's your favorite thing about the industry? Hmm. Um, you know, I do have to say, you know, on a good day, the people, you know, I mean, you know, the, you know, there's, there's, there's it, you know, I'm cautious to say that because we've seen a lot of, but as, I'll say this, as much toxicity and stuff you kind of see out there, there are still so many great creators, great fans, great retailers, um, that I, you know, my, my wife used to be a sorority president when she was in college. And I used to make fun of fraternity and sororities. I deliberately went to a college that like hated fraternities and fraternities had no special powers. So I was, so, and I chose that one on, pur- on purpose. They also had the worst football team in history. So it was like, yes, no football, no fraternities, nerds rule. Um, you know, and, um, and then she said, oh, you became, I became a frat guy because I joined all these like retailer organizations and things. But really, you know, and I became part of the board of directors and the vice president and stuff. So, but, but, but really, I mean, when I think about, I mean, the, 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 it, when, when I, it's just that love of, com- you know, coming into that love of comics and when you can really, uh, get to that, when we have that customer who walks in, we have so many, this is like a lovely thing that happens. I mean, that's happening all the time now because of just the generations we're at. And Rich, mm-hmm. I think probably will understand this. Oh, um, totally. RA. We'll understand it, uh, but the the that we have dads and moms, but we have people who come in with like I'm bringing this is not, this is 
you know, they're, this is my son's, this is my daughter's first trip to a comic shop. They wanted to come to a comic shop and get a comic book. And it's like, I melt every freaking time. And yeah. it's just like, it's so, you know, and it's, you know, and then it's very hard to say, cause the kids go, I don't know what I want. Cause I've never been in a comic book, so, you know, um, and, but you want them to agree cause you want them to be part of it. And I'm always like, you know what, try some things. If you don't like it, we're going to, we'll you know, bring them back and we'll, we'll we want to find what you like, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but just, but, but that's the thing of just being able to spark that, that, you know, to, to see that love of comics, find that love of comics. And I've got to meet so many great creators and so many great retailers. And when we're, when we're all in that spot, you know, where, uh, you know, um, you know, you know, we have someone in for a signing and then the signing's over, they spend, you know, you know, 20 minutes or half an hour just walking the racks and pulling stuff that they want to, they want to buy and want to read. Like I get excited by that. Cause I go, Oh, you know, what does, what does, you know, what does Robert Kirkman want to read? What does, you know, Jason Sean no. Alexander want to read those, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, what, what, what are they excited about? You know, right. what, you know, and then, it, you know, and it, it's, it's, I don't know. That, that's probably the best way I could answer yeah. that question. Yeah. That's cool. No, that makes sense. And then I guess the next question would do the flip side. And what's your least thing or least favorite thing about the industry? Um, uh, the, the people who don't love comics. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, yes. I mean, from, from my part, from the retail side, I mean, again, you know, I talked about the toxicity, but I don't want to go into that. We know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys are all freaking assholes. The ones who like, you know, um, you know, Oh, I didn't like the last episode of last of us because it didn't follow the game. Exactly. It has yeah. nothing to do with anything else. It's like, oh, come on, bullshit. You're, you're, you're a homophobe and an asshole. Which, by um, the way, that's, that episode, they, they deserve an Emmy. Just give it to them right now because that episode is oh, brilliant. Nick Offerman, man. I mean, he's, you know, and, and, and Murray, too. Is great. They're both, that was great. That was, um, it was but, brilliant, yeah. You know, the Shields, anyway, but my business, what has, what really bothers me is the people who only get into it for the money, the flippers, mm. the guys who don't read the stuff and who also have to be like, you know, con artists and bullshit artists. Um, it's okay. I'm sorry if I'm, you know, no, no, uh, you're fine. Uh, Very good. we have an explicit. With, with the, 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 <laughs> okay. Um, you know, uh, but, but it's, uh, because they don't, they don't appreciate, the, the negative impact they have on, on a, on a, on a store. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when, when someone comes in and just tries to sneak that, you know, you know, we have like a one per customer policy, you know, most of you want to, you know, again, if you come in and say, Hey, I really, you know, need, you know, you know, want an extra issue of such and such for my friend, you know, if we, if, you know, obviously we have to put our, you know, spider sense on, mm-hmm. but, um, but so many people like, it's for my brother, it's for my cousin, it's for, you know, we'll have them come into the store or whatever. Right. When it's a hot book and some guy's trying to, you know, you know, scam you for all of them or trying to, you know, inquire about, would you happen to have this, um, this thing? And you go, oh yeah, we do. But you know, that's a rare out of print omnibus and it's $250 now. Oh really? I had no idea. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not your business partner. I'm trying to run my business. And when you come in and you, I always say, you're only looking for my mistakes. You're only looking for the things. I price. I, I, I tell them you're giving me a heart attack. My, my, uh, you know, my doctor said I, I shouldn't be stressed out like that. And you're causing <laughs> me a lot of stress because I see how you're looking at everything and you're looking at your phone and you're only trying to find things that I mispriced or since I last priced them, they shot up in value. Mm-hmm. Like 
I don't know, boost your gold, beat your commandos, whatever. Although that didn't happen yet. I thought that would, that'll start happening soon, but it's always with the Marvel. Do you have anything with Kang? I'm just kind of curious about Kang. You know, that was like two years ago. Hey, suddenly I'm the biggest Moon Knight fan. I think he met Werewolf by Night once. You happen to have that issue for $20, you know? Um, And it's just like, don't, don't, Treat me like an idiot, and I just right. feel like it's, it's kind of just vulgar, and it's kind of, and then, and then, God forbid, you actually say, "I know what you're doing." You know, it's like, I mean, I've had guys say to me, "I've never even eBay. What is that? I've never heard of it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, I said, I said seriously, are you a human being? I mean, don't you want? I mean, you can, you can, you can not use eBay, but if you were, you know, what was that Christmas where they like eBay took out ads on every ad? <laughs> 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 Exactly. It's Especially like you know company. what it is. You may not use it. Especially a company anyway, that's been around that, for almost 30 years now. It's, it's hard to believe anybody doesn't know You have to be a monk in Tibet not yeah. to know. What exactly. It is. It, 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 that's what I'm saying. It's like don't, don't you know, but it's like they figure that like that's, you know, it's, that's the level of that, mm-hmm. how do you have a discourse set? Because they can't say, oh, I use, you know, we have guys who call from out of, anyway. Yeah. That, that's the yeah. people who, are, who, who have become mercenary about it and are trying to take advantage of shops that actually we put the resources into it, and I understand there's always a fun thing. I've had I've had great fines. You've had great fines. You go to you know you're not going to walk up to a, a, a guy at a convention and say I'm sorry, sir, but you have this you know you have this price for fifty dollars less than it should be. It's mm-hmm. like I don't think you're under an obligation to do that. But if you're if you're only interested in the business is going around and trying to grab all those things before other people, so you can flip them and you can make the money. You're I, I think. You're a bit of a parasite. Yeah. All right. And I guess finally we'll say, uh, what are your thoughts on the, some of these companies now pushing digital comics versus physical comics? It's been, you know, I was, I was there when new 52 was announced. They had a, a road show at, in, on, at in Burbank, the DC. And that was like the announcement that came with the announcement that comics were going digital DC Comics digital day and date with, mm-hmm. um, you know, where it, there had initially been like a month wait or a three month wait. I forget what it was at the time. And that scared me. And I was also upset because I said, well, when are the digital, I raised my hand. I said, when are the digital comics going live? And they're like, um, well, if it's Wednesday the first, I guess it would be at midnight of the first. And I said, okay, so now you haven't just, you haven't, um, I said, well, most of our stores aren't going to be open until 10 or 11 the next morning. Mm-hmm. So now not only – so it's not day and day. You're giving digital like a 12-hour jump on most people. Mm-hmm. And they were and, – and how are you going to code that for like the West Coast versus East Coast? Does that mean they're 9 o'clock on the West Coast on right. Tuesday night? Or are they going to be 3 a.m. on the East Coast? And what about England? You know, all those kinds of – and then they were like, um, uh, well, we haven't thought about that. And then they kind of walked off the stage and came back for a little bit said, <laughs> Okay, we'll make it noon. <laughs> noon yep. Eastern time. I'm like, okay. So they hadn't even thought that through. Um, but I was scared because, not because I thought people were going to switch to digital, but because they wanted people to switch to digital. Mm-hmm. And it's such a fundamental not understanding of how people read comics. I read a lot of digital comics. I'll admit that. I like it. It's a great resource for looking up old stuff. I mean, I did a podcast about the Defenders. And it, you know, I, I tried to get as many of the comics as I can from the '70s, but some I had to look uh, up online. Um, 
you know, and it was, uh, it was, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not like against it. It's a, a great resource of all the comics and stuff you can, you can read. But in terms of, I think a lot of them are pushing it, but it, it hasn't stopped. Um, I mean, comicsology just laid off a tremendous amount of, 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 of people. So mm-hmm. the problem is, is that, you know, like books, I mean, people read their Kindle and I think it's, and, and again, where digital works is when digital improves the experience. Music, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to walk across the room and flip over a record every 20 minutes. Right. So having an endless stream of music in your ears, go Apple, you know? Um, when, uh, you know, and also you don't have to rely on the radio for programming your music. You program it yourself. Again, go Apple. But, uh, and books, it is kind of easier in a lot of places to have a tablet and scroll a book instead of having to have something where you have to keep track of your page, et cetera, et cetera. So, so those things have made the experience better. I don't think there's a comic reader app that's made the experience better, except the newer ones, like Webtoons and stuff, that are designed to do that, because they're doing vertical comics and mm-hmm. things like that. But, um, you know, like I said, but, you know, I was quoted in Wizard in, like, 2005, or, you know, when, when this all started, or 2003, maybe I can't remember. Uh, and I said something like, the problem is, is most people, you know, and again, we only had laptops. We didn't have iPads. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't think most people want to take their computer into the space, into the place where they read most of their comics. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and, and, I, and I, still, but I still think there's a, a casualness to reading comics and a formality to reading them on, in a digital format that's different. Mm-hmm. I always say when I pick up a comic and don't you, or if you're browsing a comic, First thing you, you kind of flip it, and you're always kind of going from like front to you know back to front. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I hope I don't spoil anything, but you still want to see is there that really cool center spread in the middle? Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, how? Am I, oh, I can't wait to get there when I'm reading the story. Um, you know, oh, what does the art look like? Oh, there's some interesting things in there. I want to read this comic. Mm-hmm. And if you get to, I mean, Watchmen's a perfect example. You know, if you're reading the paperback, or you're reading the comics of Watchmen. You get to a certain point, you go, wait, that guy. Was that guy? Oh yeah. And then you, the first thing you want to do is flip back to that first issue of Watchmen, and you know, again, most um, there's some apps now that have like, okay, you can show all the whole comic and you can go back to a page or whatever. Mm. But but really, it's not designed for that kind of like traveling through the comic the way we mm-hmm. we yeah. normally do. What I enjoyed was when um, Marvel had, you know, we you could have the digital code for the same comic that you bought. Yeah. Because then that way I had the I had the heart, you know the comic in my hand that mm. I could read, but I could also have the code if I went on a plane and I didn't want to take my right. comic with me or to the beach or something, then I could yeah. put the code in and I could still read where I left off, mm-hmm. right? In the you know on my tablet, I yeah that way you don't have to lug around a, a stack of comic books wherever did, you're going. But I still enjoy having the the, mm. right. the the comic in my hand, smelling the comic. There's just a feel to the comic that you that. Puts yeah. you into the the story just as right. much as the the story itself. The cover okay. is different from the story, and there's you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many. I, I think it is a. I think there is a physical. I think there's a physical experience to it, and then again, and the collecting grows out of that. And you can't collect. I don't you know care what anybody says. If there is some app for it, I don't think you can really collect digital comics in the right. same way. Yeah. And I think, you know, and there's things, I mean, so there's a lot of differences. And also, you know, unfortunately, like the, the music business, the digital, the digital's expanded more, but it, 
where it's expanded is not necessarily, it might be more readers, mm-hmm. but it's not more paying customers. Right. Sure. So, and that's what happened to the music business is mm-hmm. like, Hey, we're going to do all this digital music, mm-hmm. but then it makes it so much easier to share without, without mm-hmm. pay. And again, I want people reading comics. I want them to come back when they fall in love with something and they want to, they can't wait for the digital or, you know, or they can't wait for the, they don't, they sampled something. I always think it's great for sampling. You know, mm-hmm. Hey, I read the first couple of issues of Saga. Now I want the book, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But there's also something magical about going into the comic shop. And I know that, you know, especially I mentioned my wife coming in for the first time, you know, I've dragged her into comic shops around the country and a lot of them feel the same. They're, you know, they, they feel like they're closets or they're, they, you know, they're, there's that old musty smell. Like they don't really care a lot about them. And I know that when she first walked into your store, she was like, the Earth 2 is something different. Mm-hmm. I can find what I want. And she actually felt like as somebody that wasn't reading comics at the time, she could, it was easier for her to walk through the store and find something that she might be interested in opposed to the way some of the other stores are set up. I thought that was something that, is, that you know, you need to be commended on that you've set up a really user friendly, especially new user friendly shop. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that a lot. I mean, that was really the, the goal, you know, from the, from the beginning and especially, and especially with women and families because we had, you know, early on one guy said to us, your, your store smells too clean. I don't like it here. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't smell like a comic shop. And mm. I said, sir, that's the greatest compliment you could yeah. Right. That's funny. But there's a, but, but again, I think maybe we were at a, uh, you know, a, a starting point for that, but I really, you know, uh, and I still like to make fun of, you know, comic book guy and I am comic book guy sometimes, but there really are a lot of great shops. Um, I mean, that's been one of the fun things too, that thing in, in Comics Pro mm-hmm. that in the 20 years since I've been doing this, mm-hmm. the new shops that come forth, people are really, you know, um, it's really, uh, uh, like taking pride. You know, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just a lot of, a lot of, uh, there's just a lot of innovation and a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, and, that, and that's sort of the leading thing. You know, that, that the, I mean, there's still a lot of those, you know, hole in the wall shops and it's just, you know, uh, you know, uh, all that, you know, one of the things that there's a book called, um, oh, uh, now I can't remember the name of the book, but Paco Underhill is the writer and it's about retail. And there's things that, you know, that they, they, you know, he would do studies for big department stores and there's a study where they had like a discount rack mm-hmm. by the front door. And great deals. It was like, you know, and they thought, oh, everyone's going to love this. And what they found is, like, people weren't buying from that rack. Why not? And they were watching cameras, and women would walk up to the rack and start looking. But when the door would open, it would, like, create a breeze or it was too close to the door. Mm. And, and, and people would brush by them, and they called it, like, the brush back effect. And it's like that feeling when you feel someone's too close to you in the store, your first reaction is, I'm going to move to another part. Oh, so yeah. someone else, you know. So, so no one would stay there long enough to actually pick out something and buy it. And, you know, and, and that you really have to watch out that kind of egress. You can't have like places, you know, where people can't get out of. Mm-hmm. And I remember like in New York, especially a lot of the comic book stores that had bins were mm-hmm. built like aisles. They were built out of the wall. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to look at back issues, you'd walk in. But then if another guy came in to look at back issues, suddenly you were trapped. 
Mm. Yeah. You know, like, like you don't want to like, when you don't want to park in stacked parking, I don't want to get, I don't want the other guy to block me in. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and even at conventions, you know, you, some, some, some convention mm-hmm. booths are built badly that way. And you yeah. go like, Oh, I'm in a maze. Now that I over here by justice league, I can't get out. And and so one of the, so the floor, pa- I mean, it gets tight sometimes. It's a small spot, but we've always wanted to keep the, you know, tried to keep that floor pattern you know, you know, open. So, you know, there, there's always a way to go forward and, and, and find something else if someone's in, in, you know, in the other you know direction or whatever. But yeah, I, 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 that means, but that means a lot. That's a lot. Well, when I knew that you're going to be on and I knew, you know, you're a big DC guy, I was really, we were, I was, I was planning on having, you know, a kind of a, a DCEU of, you know, what, what worked, what didn't, but then, James Gunn came to the rescue and actually gave us content for DC to talk with you about. Uh, I want to play James Gunn's announcement real quick that he had yesterday for the new DCU. Hey, everybody. I'm James Gunn. I'm the co-CEO of DC Studios. So as many of you know, DC has been disconnected in film and television for a long time. And it's one of you know, our jobs, mine and Peter's, is to come in and make sure the DCU is connected in film, television, gaming, and animation. That the characters are consistent, played by the same actors, and it works within one story. And if something is outside of that, like Matt Reeves' Batman or Todd Phillips' Joker or Teen Titans Go, that it is clearly labeled as DC Elseworlds, outside of the mainstream DCU continuity. Now, Peter and I have gotten pretty lucky in terms of the four projects that are coming out over the next year. First, we have Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Shazam! has always been off kind of in his own part of the DCU, so he connects very well. That moves directly into The Flash, a fantastic movie that I really love that resets the entire DC universe. Then to move into Blue Beetle, a fantastic film about a kid who's a marvelous part of the DCU, and then into Aquaman 2, which leads directly into our next few projects, which I'm going to tell you about now. So, Peter and I, along with a group of very talented writers, have started to map out an 8-10 to year plan of what DC Studios will be in film, television, and gaming. This first chapter is called Gods and Monsters. Now, this, what I'm about to tell you, is a part of the first chapter. It's not the entire first chapter. Something we're going to do that's a little bit different at DC is we're going to have characters move into animation, out of animation, usually having the same actor play their voice as who plays them in live action. The first project is Creature Commandos. Creature Commandos is an animated series. The next project up is Waller. This is a story of Amanda Waller, played by Viola Davis. Viola Davis is going to team up with members of Team Peacemaker, and this is a story that's been created by Crystal Henry, who did Watchmen, and Jeremy Carver, who created the Doom Patrol. Okay, next up is the big one, the true beginning of the DCU. This is called Superman Legacy. This is being written by me. I'm in the middle of it. I'm having a great time doing it, and Superman will be released into theaters July 11th, 2025. Okay, the next thing is a big premiere HBO television series called 
Lanterns. This is a story of a couple of Green Lanterns, John Stewart and Hal Jordan, and we have a few other lanterns peppered in there, but this is really a terrestrial-based TV show, which is almost like True Detective. Next is a big movie called The Authority. The Authority is a passion project of mine. It's based on the marvelous Wildstorm characters. We are now bringing into the DCU and will interact with all of our primary DCU characters. The Authority are a group of superheroes who think the world is broken and they want to fix it by any means necessary. I think it's a very different look at superheroes. We're doing a television series called Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost is a story of Paradise Island, usually known as Themyscira, which is the birthplace of Wonder Woman. The introduction of the DCU's Batman is the brave and the bold. The Brave and the Bold is the story of Batman and his actual son, Damian Wayne. This is based on Grant Morrison's great comic book run. Damian Wayne is my favorite Robin. He's a little assassin who Batman tries to get in line. And so this is the story of the two of them and the beginning of sort of the Bat family in the DCU. Next up is a TV series called Booster Gold. Booster Gold is one of comics' really popular cult heroes. He is a fascinating guy. He's a loser from the future who uses future technology to come back to present day and become a superhero so that people will love him. One of my favorite comic book series from last year was Tom King's run on Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. And so we're going to turn that into a big science fiction epic film. And that brings me to Swamp Thing, the last thing we're going to talk about. Anyway, those are the stories that I can tell you about right now. I've loved the DC characters since I was a child. They're incredibly important to me. I knew that this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do something very different. One of the things that's very important for me in all of these movies and TV series is that the director's vision and the vision of the writers and all of the creators is unique and something special. Storytelling is always king. That's all that matters to us. And I want to be true to those stories. I want to be true to you guys and really give you something different than you've ever seen before. Anyway, thank you, everybody. I appreciate you watching. I hope this was exciting for you because it's really exciting for me, and I can't wait to start to dive into these stories with you guys on this grand adventure. Thank you so much. There's a lot to unpack there. I think I, I cut that down some, as you can tell, with the Swamp Thing. It didn't really go into a lot of details with it. Um, I think the biggest thing there is what he says at the end about how... They want to focus on the director's vision, the writers, what they're putting together. Because it seems like a lot of the DCEU films had outside influence, maybe studio influence that were... It's too much overreach. Yes, too much overreach. Also, you had one person in charge of it. It was Zack Snyder. So having it where it's, you know, different directors are bringing their ideas into it is going to end up making them better. I think, and, and you're not, you're not just going after one person's vision, where, where you're actually getting a collective viewpoint from everybody. Now, so oh, he wasn't, he wasn't doing it like Kevin Feige, in terms of he, he, how Kevin Feige wants everybody to do their thing, put out a good movie. We'll try and. Add little things that you have to try and tie into. We'll direct but it's, you around. Yeah, yeah, but otherwise, you do your movie. Car, what do you think? That that disconnected thing is so funny at the beginning. <laughs> I think it's DC is disconnected, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's look, 
is, you go back in time, right? And when people said they're going to do a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, like they were doing, they were doing Captain America, Avengers, Iron Man, Thor, mm-hmm. um, and then oh, and Guardians of the Galaxy, and you kind of went like, what? And I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies are probably among my favorite, you know, of the Marvel movies. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I like the second one. And oh my God, the opening scene with Groot and, um, you know, mm-hmm. Mr. Blue Sky is yes. just like, I mean, I, I, I laugh and I cry and it literally just, it's, it's all the feels. And I love that moment. Um, so in that sense, I, you know, in Peacemaker, I would have said, I don't need a Peacemaker <laughs> show, but I did need a Peacemaker show. Peacemaker I was need a, brilliant. Yeah, I needed a, a Suicide Squad movie with a giant sorrow in it. I mean, yeah. it's like things that on paper I don't even, you know, if you told me all about it in advance, I might have gone, oh, that's going to be hard. But he takes you through the journey. Yes. So I'm going to trust. I mean, obviously he's not making every one of these movies, right. but I'm going to, I have a lot of faith, you know. Um, I The Superman, you know, I've missed Superman on screen. I mean, Cavill was a great actor for playing Superman, I only wish they let him play Superman. Um, I, you know, and even James Gunn said he felt that that Cavill wasn't given the justice that he should have gotten at, to play that role. Mm-hmm. He didn't get the scripts right. that, sh- he, that he should have had. Mm-hmm. No, his best moment as Superman is like that cell phone video, you know, at the beginning of, the beginning of Justice League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, where he like smiles at the camera and you know does the little salute and it's like that's Superman, mm-hmm. you know. But um, and everyone goes, no, that's you know Superman. You know, it's like they don't know how to do Superman, so they make him dark and gritty and try and do all that crap. Right. But um, but you know, I think again, if I read too much about what he said he was going to do with Superman, it, I, I I could probably start arguing with it because I remember a few weeks ago or a couple months ago there was like, oh, it's starting in you know setting you know starting with him as a young man or what and it's like i don't want to know that because then i'm going to be you know picking it apart right but he's picking these you know obviously these aren't things that are going to you know there's really only two two or three things here that potentially start building in the way the the marvel movies do is you've got the batman and damian movie which i love that it's called the brave and the bold um that's like my favorite title of all Mm. time and um and then you've got the, the, the Lanterns, you know, which also sounds like it's a little bit, uh, you know, I think you call it a true detective, but it's also with a little bit of what Grant Morrison, I think he's a big Grant Morrison fan, mm. right? Yes. You've got Damien, yes. you've got All-Star Superman sure. references, and you've got, um, you know, Interplanetary Policemen, you know, mm. the, um, the last series of Green Lantern books, that, which were very much doing it as a, as a Green Lantern as a cop show. Mm. Um, so, you know, you know, who knows? Grant Morrison might be there behind the scenes in his own special office at Warner Brothers. That's true. Um, that we just don't know about yet. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and the thing about Gunn is he spent enough time under the Marvel umbrella to see how to successfully successfully tie these, you know, these movies and shows together without forcing it. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, and yeah, I love the fact that they're calling it, you know, this is the first chapter and not phase. You know, I, I like yeah. the selection that they've come up with. I, I think the biggest surprise there is the authority film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I no, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one is. 
I, that excites me, and especially to see how they're going to bring the Wildstorm characters into the DCU. You know, especially since how you know they started, how the Authority started. You know, in comics, I should say. You know, it was yeah. why Stan right. Lee brought it up to be something completely different. You know, outside of DC right. and, and Marvel. And they were analogs of 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 a Justice League, so you're kind of like, you know, it 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 was your Warren Ellis's, and again, that makes it a little tricky because there's some controversy around Warren Ellis, so that, mm-hmm. that's why I was surprised. Um, I think, you know, I hope this comes out right, but I also feel it's a bit of a nod to Jim Lee, who probably, you know, really wanted to have. Can't we do something Wildstorm? Right. You know. Um, and at least we're not getting the Grifter movie because then I would have just like you know walked out. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to know. I'm glad that they're, they're not starting with Grifter. Right, just have Rob Liefeld just draw the hole. Uh, Paradise Lost seems interesting because you know we're not starting out. You know, you you have Superman and Batman films coming out, but you're you're starting out Wonder Woman in a series that looks like they're going not really build an origin, but just you know, give her something prior to it. And the way that um, the way that Gunn described it is this is a Game of Thrones type series set in Paradise Lost. I think it's going to be more like an origin, not an origin, but I mean, early days of, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I think the Game of Thrones reference and also if you think of like, you know, uh, House of Dragons, I, did, I imagine it may not have Wonder Woman in it, you right. know? Yeah, that's, um, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking maybe at, maybe at some point within the series you may introduce Wonder Woman. It'll but, build to her. Yeah. So I mean, thinking more, it's the story of the Amazons separating from the gods mm-hmm. and establishing their <laughs> own place and having to still deal, you know, whatever war, you know, war with the gods type of, mm. you know, machinations with the gods type yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it could also involve Atlantis and all sorts of other mythical things in the in the DC universe. It doesn't just have to be uh, if it's set in the you know it doesn't just have to be uh, Themyscira. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting though that he is picking and choosing actors and characters that were from the old DCEU to bring into this with you know Waller. It's going to be Viola Davis. You know, she's going to be meeting up with some of the Peacemaker team, which obviously his wife's going to be in that one. Because she's in Peacemaker and she was in all the Suicide Squad stuff that he did, and even yeah. uh, Black Adam, she showed up in as, with that character. Yeah, well, he's not a dummy. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to keep his wife busy, yeah. you know? yeah. but but she's great. I love that character. And she's a great character. Um, well, it's also their way of kind of still you know, what he do what he's talking about doing is keeping everything connected. So doing right. Waller and having Viola Davis come in, it still brings back that old, you know, the old story, not really the story, but old, you know, still sort of connecting and bringing it into the, the new. Universe. Yeah. Well, what's going to be interesting is we know that Flash, re- and even said, resets the DCEU to the DCU. So yeah, that sounds m- like it's really going to be like a, a crisis type event mm. kind of ending. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and there, there is talk that, you know, the quote-unquote rumors that Ezra Miller could come back as the Flash later on into the, from the DCU to the DCU. There's talk that, you know, Jason Momoa might be, you know, these actors that are playing them in these Flash 4 movies could end up coming back into the DCU. Mm. And, you know, and he did kind of loosely say that they are 
you know, connected in a way to the, they're the end of it to the beginning, you know, of the new, the way he said that, you know, the last couple of films tie in or not really tie in, but lead into the DCEU stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think the reason for that is I think they don't want, they can't, they can't, because otherwise you're doing like kind of a, a Batgirl without doing a Batgirl. You're sort of shutting down the movies if you tell people that these don't count. Oh, I totally so agree. So he said all those really nice things about Shazam and Aquaman and Flashpoint because, you know, I mean, but Flashpoint I think is going to be, you know, significant in that way. And then he also threw in the thing that Matt Reeves' Batman is Elseworld. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I liked that in a way because, yeah. you know, it's, it's almost like, because there's sometimes what we've talked about, It'd be nice if Marvel would do, you know, yeah, out of continuity, out of continuity movies. stuff. You know, like we thought that uh, that yep. What If was going to be out of continuity, and in yeah. a way, it is. Zombies is going to be out of continuity. Yeah, those type things. It'll be not you know to keep those and have the Elseworld title on there will help to. Dis- one of the things we talked about was how do you distinguish which Batman is is in your universe? Right. You know, you're not really giving the fans, hey. You're a banner that says, "Hey, this is Elseworlds. This is not part of the proper." You know, so I, I well, and I think that I think that's why they're doing Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. You know, Paradise in the way they're doing it because they're doing a new introduction for Superman. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a Batman that's clearly different from the young Robert. Uh, what's his face? Pattinson. I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. Pattinson. Um, because he's going to have a son. So that sort of means, you know, right. it could be, you know, it, it, you know, I mean, a Ben Affleck type would sort of make more sense. Not that, right. You know, I don't know if they ever go back there, mm-hmm. but, um, but, saying, but an older, an older actor can work if, you know, cause he's got a, he's got a, whatever age they make Damien, who knows, it probably won't be 12. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and then Wonder Woman, they're sort of, again, putting, doing a, more, something more historical than, having to do she comes from man's world and she's fighting Nazis and people like mm-hmm. that. So they're 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 setting stages and addressing those characters and again and doing Green Lantern, which, you know, is sort of the forgotten, you know, movie anyway. It's like right. I don't think anybody really, you know, really wants to like you know, you know that never even gets talked about as remember that DC movie? No, you don't remember it. <laughs> I don't think Ryan Reynolds even talks about it anymore. No. I kind of think. I mean, well, he, no, he met. He said, you know, he met his wife on the movie. It's a very romantic. Yeah. Story. That is true. I'm sure they have a. Yeah. That's the only good thing that came out of that movie. <laughs> they watch it. They watch it every anniversary. <laughs> that, that would be there funny. You go. Remember this. Just for the scene with the the giant green Hot Wheels trap. The only yeah. time he actually you turned something. Yeah. You you had something cool come out of this. Yeah. <laughs> they get a residual check every year. Hey, look. This must be when we watched it on our anniversary. Uh, the Booster Gold series, everybody's been asking for Booster Gold for quite a while. Um, so I'm glad they're going to do something with that. Hopefully it'll be, you know, kind of uh, Peacemaker-esque where it'll be. I think know, it fine. has to be because yeah. Booster Gold's character alone lends to a lot of that kind of silliness. Yeah. And so well, he only got serious. Well, he got serious in 52, right, mm-hmm. Car? Like that's the most serious that I've ever seen him. Oh yeah, and then and then, then yeah, well then in Heroes in Crisis he got like, or no was was it Heroes in Crisis? It was, it was some Tom, Tom King did some weird stuff with him in Batman and then okay. Heroes in Crisis I think. Um, but yeah, before that yeah, New, you know Fifty Two was probably the um, 
you know, had some of that going on because he was the only guy left. I mean, he was trying right. to be the, he, he was trying to step in for everybody. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's definitely, you know, he has that, I mean, there's a great episode of Justice League of, of uh, Unlimited, which is, yeah. you know, Booster Gold saving the day and not getting the credit. And it's like the perfect Booster Gold story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's talked about, Dunn's talked about using, you know, that, that that's part of his influence as well, how the Justice League Unlimited, you know, treated the characters. And yeah. connected them, and how have had you know, and and you know, Booster Gold. You can it can be a team up show. It can be a hey, he's got to go help. You know, right. what if it's like a you know, that kind of episodic drama where he's got to help a different hero every well, week because he knows something about the future. That just makes me think of Quantum Leap, mm. almost. Yeah. Well, so. the the Blue Beetle movie. There, I think Booster Gold has been cast in that as well, oh. but I don't know if it's going to be the same. You know, Booster Gold is going to be in the DCU as it was in the DCE. Uh, you mentioned Tom King a minute ago. One of the films that they're doing is the Tom King's version of Supergirl World of Tomorrow, which is kind yeah. of a different take on the Supergirl character because she's, you know, it's more sci-fi. It's, she's not been on Earth, you know, raised by a family kind of like Kyle. Kyle, Kyle well, she's, Kyle. you know, on a... a, a basically an asteroid that used to be a piece of Krypton and she's raised there. So it's, it's going to be an interesting dynamic to have that Supergirl in this new DCU. Cause it'll be totally different than right. like what we got from the DC, from the Supergirl well, CW show. You don't want it the same though. So it <laughs> no, sense, and it makes uh... total sense. Oh um, yeah. Cause the, I mean, I, I love the Supergirl show, but it was, a, it was, you know, it was basically, it was a Superman show with Supergirl. It was, mm-hmm. she works for a magazine and she has to pretend to be meek. You know, she was, it was all the, the same tropes. I mean, even down to, you know, using, doing the famous Superman story by Alan Moore, man, who has everything for, you know, for, for Supergirl. Um, I mean, but, but she, you know, but she was great. I mean, I love, I love the show and I love when they brought Superman you know, mm-hmm. into it, but yeah, I mean, the, the, those characters have always just been, you know, all cut from the same cloth. But that did give um, that was a really good series. Well, it looks like every most everything that they've they've already announced on here is going to be Earth based, even lanterns. So this will be nice to have something out in the DC cosmic verse. Mm-hmm. Well, do we know that that it's Earth based? I mean, it's they're solving a mystery. It's solving a mystery together. Um, I, I didn't. I, I didn't automatically automatically presume that they he, said terrestrial he, he did say so, terrestrial but that just means land-based that is too, true that so. is true i when, when he said terrestrial i, I took it as more Earth, earth-based yeah. mm-hmm. i could see the first season being well, yeah, primarily terrestrial. well you know then you're right i mean i would i was i didn't hear i didn't pick that up i was mm-hmm. i was still i guess because i was still thinking of the grand martian but i still thought it might be yeah, like star trek like just mm-hmm. going to a different planet mm-hmm. every week or something yeah could do that, maybe. Yeah. I think they might because they did say that other lanterns are going to make appearances, right? So it could, well, you know, they could do a combination of both. Yeah, uh, but they did also say that whatever they under uncover during this plot will affect the greater DCU. And yep. he, and even though that they said Swamp Thing is going to be out on its own, it's going to be a, a dark horror story. Mm. It will still feed into the rest of the DCU stories. So they're, each one of them seem like they're going to have that Marvel-esque thre- thread through them leading into something. Yeah. And this is what we've always said, is that DC, you know, Justice League didn't feel earned, you know, where they didn't do the build-up yeah. and, and the coming mm-hmm. together and everything. Yeah. They threw it there. 
and then didn't give us a good villain to have them go against. Right. What you, did what did you think of Justice League card? I don't think I've ever asked you that. As I said, not a fan of the Snyderverse, and I mean, the I guess the pastiche that came out was part Joss Whedon. I mean, there's some interesting moments, mm-hmm. you know. I thought, you know, again, some of the character stuff, but it was so much trying to ape that, you know, Avengers, you know, sitting around, uh, you know, eating shawarma kind of thing mm-hmm. um, right. for the home, you know, when when they did have the the folks together, but you know, but I. I it didn't see it wasn't earned i mean we didn't have those characters to, and, and again superman and batman is, is i i uh i don't get me started you know it's just <laughs> sort of man of steel superman batman i don't get those movies and i know i have friends who love them but but after i talk with those friends they usually go but i don't really like superman and i right. go okay well that explains it you like the you're you're then, then i agree man of steel is a superman movie for people who don't like superman <laughs> you know yeah, um, I can see that. But, but it, it, it you know, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, the the the, the Snyderverse version wasn't any 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 better. Um, but it, it, you know, but disconnected is 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 the word um, because you know even even with having people like you know you know Jeff Johns in, in, involved, the the Warner's people were always. But we have to make this movie work. And this movie has to be this, and this movie has. To, and there, there's just that not, not you know, they, they, there was nobody that was that was sort of given the authority, uh, pardon the pun, to um, <laughs> to to kind of knit all those things mm, right, together. Okay. Right. Um, you know, and it just and, and and so you know, and then you know, and then if you know, it, it just it's it, it, yes, it, it's yes, <laughs> no. go ahead. Fix. It's a long term thing. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, what do you think about the people that, uh, you know, there, there's always these groups of people that, you know, you see in fandom that, you know, it's like they're either Xbox guys or PlayStation guys. They're either, you know, WWE guys or whatever's against them. They're either Marvel or DC. What do you think about those guys? Because to me, I think there's room for both. I want to see, yeah. I want to go to a Marvel movie and be just excited there as I am when I go to a DC film. You mean vice versa? Or vice versa. <laughs> well, that was going to say, you know, or, yeah, get yeah. To, I, or vice versa. You know, I, 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 I think, I, I, you know, I love Peacemaker on TV just as much as I, I loved, you know, the, the stuff that's on Disney Plus, you know, She-Hulk. Mm. I think that right. there, there's room for both. Oh, there is, yeah. And there's room for different types of stories in all those things. You know, right. I mean, that's the, I mean, but even the guys who are all Marvel, but then they start, you know, gatekeeping and going, oh, oh, but, but Ms. 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 Marvel, not Ms. Um, yeah, Ms. Marvel wasn't really a Marvel thing. Right. And she helped got it all wrong. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, go home, you know? Yes. I mean, there's, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, you know, WandaVision, you know, that whole thing of people watching the first three episodes, I don't understand why they're doing sitcoms for three episodes. It's like, well, then you didn't understand the show. Right. Yeah. Like, I understand. It was challenging. It was like, hey, I want something to happen. But you know what? Maybe that style of storytelling wasn't for you. And, I, yeah. I, you know, it's like, again, I feel like you get into trouble these days if you try and say there's some type of storytelling that appeals to one gender more than another. But... I'll put it this way. It's about patient people versus not patient people. 
that yeah. people who, you know, and I think a lot of the guys sometimes who get this way and watch, you know, Marvel movies or whatever, they're also with their fingers on the fast forward button and they only watch, you know, Winter Soldier for the, 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 the jet crashes and stuff. You right. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like those are big thrills, but it's, I love the I, I love the word earned, you know, that because that's just a great concept of. But you have to earn those things in, in your in your in your stories, and sure. I like and some and I'm I get bored easily, but I, I really like when I put the time in and something rewards me, and you know I, I will forgive those earlier um, excesses. You know, I mean the funny thing is that I think the best superhero movie right now is RRR. I don't know if you've seen it, the Indian musical war movie. No, I've, I mean, that, is that the one that's on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would take too much, but in terms of superhero concepts realized, you know, uh, um, I mean, what bothers me in a lot of the even the Marvel movies, mostly in the Marvel movies, is I love the Marvel movies, but they always seem to be solving problems that they created. You yeah. know, Tony mm-hmm. created Ultron, and you know, and, yeah. and Scarlet Witch created her, you know, her her ta- you know, you know, the, is corrupting her town and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think that was one of the unique know, things about uh, about She-Hulk was because they literally called themselves out on all of these things. Exactly. Yeah, but I love watching superhero stuff, um, and I and I'm and I'm always optimistic. But you're right. I I just want you know good movies. As a as a primarily a DC fan, I'm I'm I've been disappointed that I feel the movies haven't lived up to the potential mm-hmm. of those characters in modern times. Um, you know, Superman the movie, Christopher Reeve is you know, <sighs> probably my standard. Um, and that has its problems, too, with the goofy villains. But right. overall, it's, it, you know, it, 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 <laughs> when I was 15, it was perfect. You know? Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, and I, I live with that. But I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think you can, there was a time, I think, when you could say DC Comics, and Marvel comics were so distinctly different in house style that you could really say, I like Marvel more than DC or vice versa because of the style of the stories. Mm-hmm. But I think nowadays, I don't, you know, especially when you have writers and artists who've gone back so many times, um, you know, you know, you know, think of all the guys who've written like every, you know, written gal, you know, all the writers who've written every major character, you know, yeah. and Drew Baker writes Batman and, you know, Captain America, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's then how do you say that there's a different style or different or, or, or different tone? And right. you know, and with the, the the movies, there's great you know there's great things in all of them. I mean, I feel bad for Henry Cavill and, and Gal Gadot because Gal Gadot's great casting. So I also mm-hmm. probably feel maybe they're laying low because maybe they can return to her if they're not you know after they do this series and if they actually want to do another Wonder Woman movie. Right. You know, maybe it doesn't preclude having her involved somehow. Yeah, and, you know, and it's a good thing to to kind of take that time and separate the two. And you're right; you can bring her back, especially if Paradise Lost has nothing to do with Wonder Woman. And then you can build up to her and bring back Gal Gadot. I, I think right. it's a brilliant way to do it because she she was she was a she was a great Wonder Woman. Unfortunately, you know. The first movie, which wasn't bad, felt like it had two directors, one that was doing all the action stuff and one that was doing the the dialogue, you know, in the intimate scenes. And then you get to the 84 and it's just all over Ooh. the place. Yeah. 
I do have to say, though, Chris called James Gunn being in charge of DC like a month and a half before they announced it. Because mm. we, we were sitting here talking about, you know, that, that DC needs to find their Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. And remember, we had a conversation about who should it be. And Chris said, the perfect person is James Gunn. Mm. I was like, yeah, right there. We, we knew it was, it, he was the perfect person, but we never thought we'd get him. Um, right. Well, smart. That's why they teamed him with Peter Saffron. He's a very savvy producer, yes. executive type. So, because that way, James Gunn can be sort of like the, you know he's probably you know more responsible for the creative stuff, and you you know you've got uh, you know more like a like a you know good team of like you know executive producers on a TV show where one's the you know you know one's the the, the, the running the story room and the other is you know getting it done every week. That's why the Russo brothers work so well. One is more creative, one is more business savvy, and they they mesh good together, mesh mesh well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Car, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, filling in for Chris. Uh, what do you want to plug your uh, your social medias one more time and you know the store? Uh, sure, we're Earth Two Comics in Sherman Oaks, one five zero one seven Ventura Boulevard, and you'll find us on Instagram at Earth underscore number two underscore comics and Facebook. Uh, is it Facebook.com? You said it wasn't. Yes. Or uh, slash. Earth 2 Comics, but if you, you know, um, if you just, yeah, do Earth 2 Comics on Facebook, it's still fine. Yes, and then if you're in the Los Angeles area and you want to come out to the store or the shop on February 11th, the, you know, you'll be able to get a signing with Pat Oswald and the other guys, and Tessa, who's a brilliant artist, or I said Tessa, Tess, who's a brilliant artist, and we at Earth 2 Comics in Sherman Oaks for February 11th from 4 to 6 p.m. I know that I'll be there. Ethan, Mike, you'll probably be there as well. We'll be there with Carr. You know, we'll all be hanging out and having a good time. Um, make sure you check us out at Facebook.com. Wow. Make sure you check us out at Facebook.com slash Nerdables. We're also on Instagram as Nerdables and on Twitter at Nerdables Show. For Mike, Ethan, and Carr, I thank you all for being here. We will talk to you next time. Bye.